Hello and welcome to the Hunt High Carvers podcast with your hosts, Jason Hirsch and Joel Rayther, where we bring you everything from training tips to nutrition, as well as industry leaders and those from the field to better enhance your hunting experience. And now, without further ado, welcome our hosts, Jason and Joel. Three, two, one. And we're back. You know, we're going to do the cold open? Yeah, Jason yes. wanted me to do a cold open. He's yes. like, why do you have to go through this whole like intro and all this other stuff? Yeah, welcome so, to the podcast. Now yeah. let's just talk. So we're going to get right into it. Um, we are pretty pumped today because we have uh, someone we tried to get on the pot. We've been, I don't know how it's been like since last fall, I think. And uh, we, yeah. struck, we struck out once. Uh, we had like a really weird feed and we couldn't get the audio to work very well. And so... We're on uh, round two, but I think this one's going to work. So we're, we're pretty excited. Um, something that someone that I reached out to uh, because I started kind of following you and what you uh, were starting to put out, especially on social media. And immediately coming from my background of strength conditioning, I could see that, you know, the things that you were doing and the things that you were starting to put out just kind of spoke to me as far as training, uh, shooting a bow, integrity, strength, mm-hmm. all these other things. And, and, you know, you've grown by leaps and bounds in, in um, you know, the last couple of months. So we're pretty excited to have uh, Christian Williams on the podcast today. He is the owner of Archery Strong, and uh, we're, we're pumped to have you on. We're going to get maybe a little nerdy today and, and talk about shooting, yeah. bo- shooting bows. So how are you, you doing today? You guys nerdy. I'm, I'm going to sit back here and enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love getting nerdy. I love this stuff, and I'm glad to finally be on here with you guys. I certainly owe you guys a, a thank you for being as patient as you have been. I I was actually, it was kind of ironic because the last time we tried to do this, I was driving uh, to my dad's farm to hunt and it didn't work because the cell reception was so bad. And uh, and today, ironically, I was also driving from my house to my dad's farm and I was just thinking about that on the way here. And uh, thankfully, we were able to connect tonight while I'm here at the farm, uh, actually on good internet, on a computer. So I'm excited for the conversation. I again, thank you guys for your attention. Yeah, no problem. I think uh, we've learned over time that uh, it, th- these things can be so finicky and we never really know. Like we always kind of cross our fingers. I mean, we've actually had some of them that we thought were fine and then you end up getting to the end of it and you're like, oh, crap, like it, the feed was bad or something. And so um, hopefully everything will go smoothly tonight and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get this thing knocked out. So um, first of all, let's uh, let's let's jump right in. I want to talk to you about you know, your background, I know you have, um, you know, a background that, that obviously speaks to your expertise, um, kind of talk about, you know, obviously you're a hunter. Um, and so mm-hmm. where you identified a need and, uh, you know, I think there's some similarities to kind of where I sat with, you know, where we started H3O, which was a training component, a physical demand component, a thing that, that spoke to what you do for a living that now has become something that, um, you know, you've kind of created, uh, in archery strong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, at a very young age, I got into the outdoors and not too much longer after that, when I was a, a young teenager, I suppose I got into fitness and weightlifting. And, you know, that's just developed kind of as a normal story. I started doing a lot of different things with fitness and trying different things. And, um, again, was always involved in the outdoor and shot a bow from, you know, when I was young, when my dad had got me one. And, um, you know, as I went throughout life, I really started to 
really started to feed more into fitness and more into, you know, physically demanding things and using my body and, and everything in that route. And it was towards the end of uh, senior year in high school. Uh, it was one of those instances where you got a dumb 17 year old and, you know, parents are putting cr- uh, pressure on what are you going to do for college? What are you going to go for? And I thought, man, I, I, I really like this fitness thing. I really like um, the whole working out idea. I'll, I'll go for exercise science, you know, and I, I had no idea. I had no plans. And um, I'm very, very blessed for how it all panned out. But I went through college and I studied exercise physiology, bachelor's degree, went on uh, to get a master's degree. And um, through, I guess it would have been at the end of my sophomore year, I ended up getting a job at a sports injury and sports performance center. And there I was, uh, or had a title of movement specialist and corrective exercise specialist. And that was basically the, the bomb that exploded into everything that allowed Archery Strong to develop. Um, day in and day out, I was assessing shoulders and assessing um, other things in the body, looking for dysfunctions within the body, uh, whether that be lack of flexibility, range of motion, stability, movement patterns, et cetera, and then prescribing corrective exercises, strength training, et cetera, for, to fix the issue that uh, I, I would identify through the assessment. So it was find the problem, fix the problem. And I did that for a handful of years, a number of years, and that was just invaluable experience. And, and somewhere along the way, um, I started to think about, is there a need for this in archery? Is, is, there, um, is there a way to connect this in archery? Is there any value here? And I started to think and started to experiment for myself in doing some different things that would benefit me in in shooting a bow, Um, just from a a shoulder integrity, shoulder health uh, standpoint, a strength standpoint. And from there, kept working with it, kept playing with it, kept seeing or kept thinking about ways that I could get this out to other people that would benefit them and, and bring value to them. And uh, fast forward a couple of years, and, and now I'm doing this uh, full-time, working with archers, whether it be for pain relief uh, or, or strength building or just performance and integrity of the shoulders. So um, it's been, been a fun journey, and there's, there's lots, of, lots of bits and pieces to the, the story, but that's kind of everything in a nutshell. Yeah. Sounds very similar to uh, somebody I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my, my background is, is in professional baseball. And I do something very similar to kind of how you started there is that, you know, you were working in a field where you saw a bunch of arm injuries and trying to figure out how to fix them. I'm like, that's pretty much how I built my baseball training business. And then uh, as I started getting into archery, um, thanks to Joel, uh, I started going, you know what? I do a lot of arm exercises. I wonder if these would be applicable in the the archery world. And Mm -hmm. here we are. Right. So. We came, yeah. we came across your Instagram, I guess, in our uh, as we were gathering up outdoor accounts and, and other people that we wanted to follow. And I think one of the things that spoke to me was I love your like 3D cutouts where you, over, oh, you. you overlay the images of the body and the musculature on top yeah. of the archer. Do you is that something where you're looking for like stock images and uploading or do you have somebody that draws those? Cause they're, they're pretty much like fit to a T. 
<laughs> oh man, the frustrating hours I spend looking for the perfect uh, stock <laughs> image or, or Google image. Um, so so you, I, lack, you lack artistic skills, what you're telling me. <laughs> I certainly do not draw them. I don't have anybody uh, that draws them. No, it's, it's uh, you know, a matter of just finding the couple images that, that go, go best together and uh, illustrate the, the principle that I'm trying to show. I think they're really cool because it does give you some insight, you know, like you, you know, we talk about the shoulder all the time and throwing and, and using, you know, your rotator cuff and, and stabilizing, you know, and how to stabilize the joint and the different exercises that go along yeah. with it. And I think you know, you've basically hit on that way before I got there. Um, so kudos to you for getting there before I did. But uh, um, I, I, I enjoy the heck out of those mostly because that's something I think that most people don't really think about like when they're thinking about holding a bow or drawing a bow, sure. um, they're not thinking about what all is involved in that process. Right. They, they just think, Oh, I, I hold it here. I pull here and I hit this button and it goes boom. Um, yeah, yeah. But there's so much more that goes into it. the shoulder is such a complex joint. And obviously you two, really can, you two can speak way more to that because you've got the degrees and, and more of the experience to it. But I just, you know, I know from, from a throwing perspective, um, I know how complicated it is. I had shoulder surgery myself, so I, I kind of, you know, more intimately understand it only because I had to, you know, get it fixed and repaired. But um, I think it's a it's a really cool avenue to go down to give people a, a, just a total understanding of the mechanics of it and what goes into it. Yeah, and it's it's awesome to hear where you're coming from because, you know, my one of my ultimate goals is to kind of bridge the same gap that's that's been connected in baseball and other sports too to archery and um for whatever reason archery is just really behind and um i mean i'm i'm thankful for it i guess to be able to bring some of this information to archery but if you look at a baseball's one of the baseball is the perfect example as far as you know back in the day it was hey you threw a ball you threw a ball a lot you threw a ball every day and um, and that's just what you did. And you keep doing that until you can throw hard and, and throw far. Um, but we've come to this point in baseball uh, and you can speak to this too, but we've come to this point in baseball and again, other sports where we're thinking out a little more outside of the box as far as, Hey, what does that shoulder have to do to be able to throw repeatedly? Hey, what, what do we need to do to make sure that this individual can throw, uh, you know, throw hard throw multiple days a week for months on end, et cetera. And that's a similar concept that I want to or have been trying to bring to archery is that it is easy to just say, well, you know, you line up, you set up, you lift, you pull and, and you let go uh, or simplify, you know, as far as you want. And, and of course that is the case, but um, at the same time, uh, you know, what, what really has fueled this passion for me is seeing how much I love archery and then how, how much other uh, bow hunters and target archers and, and different people love archery that we're seeing people have to, you know, pull back from it or, or stop shooting or shoot less or whatever it may be because of shoulder issues or, or uh, issues that arise because the shoulders aren't equipped and, and up to par with what they need to be able to do to shoot a bow. And um, I want to bridge that gap to, to see what can we do to make sure that these archers can shoot more, can shoot the way they want to for as long as they want to. Um, and, and again, I just think that's a cool parallel with baseball that, you know, we have that right there and we have that in this conversation. Yeah, um, I think and it, it, it says as science and technology and all those things kind of start to infiltrate all sports, right? You start yeah. to look at something and go, well, how can I do this better? Or how can we be more efficient? Yeah. Or in, like in your case, how can we build strength or stability in that joint 
that we mm-hmm. maybe didn't know in the past. And that's kind of the, we, we yeah. work with that dichotomy a lot in baseball because it's very black and white, you know, like you touched on it where it's like the old guys used to say, well, just pick up the ball and throw it as far as you can. I'm like, that's <laughs> yeah. great. But you know, yeah. we can't do that all the time. If somebody's got dysfunction in there, you know, we've got to correct those exactly. things. And then how do we build the strength? How do we keep the proper mechanics? Yeah. And, you know, as data and yeah. science have really infiltrated baseball, we've seen more of a pushback from the old school guys, but we've also seen an acceleration in performance at the highest level. So, sure. you know, it just need, it's a natural evolution to kind of work its mm-hmm. way into all these other avenues of life. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it really is just innovation, uh, I suppose, at its core. And uh, obviously it happens more quickly and more efficiently in some places than others. Um, but uh, that's where it's been fun. It's been a fun journey, you know, challenging, of course. But uh, I think there is, there is a lot, lot of value here. And it's been really cool to see it pay off for, for the different people I've worked with and talked with. Yeah. And I think that the interesting part too is to, as you look at it, you know, like I'm, you know, obviously we're both kind of scrolling through your webpage and, and I look at stuff and, you know, the, the image that's on there with the cutout and all that stuff that we just talked about. And I look at, you know, the guy holding the bow and I go, look at how far the bow has come. Right. And, and you yeah. know, as you guys were talking, I'm sitting here thinking about simple things like for us in Colorado, you know, like I, I had a new bow last year and there's restrictions on what your let off can be and some of those things, yeah. and, you know, and, and so like in my head, I, that kind of came to mind right away where I'm like, you know, are those things for you, uh, you know, like, for example, like we, we can only be at 80, like 80% uh, on, on the let off mm-hmm. here. And some states let you at 85, you know, and, and you can have that's a whole other conversation. But are any of those things part of what you, you know, preach or teach to people that, you know, maybe our strategies as far as like training to improve, um, you know, their ability to, you know, be more consistent? Um, do you get into that stuff at all? Or do you strictly stay? Hey, when it comes to actually picking up the bow and doing your thing and working on shot consistency, or are you, you more just focused on, you know, the actual integrity and, and function and stuff like that of, you know, the shoulder and the upper body and those things. Uh, if I, if I want to just clarify your question so I can make sure I answer it um, correctly. So are you asking, uh, do I also address kind of the, the performance and consistency side of things as well as the integrity and health side? Yeah. Am I getting that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I often can, I consider my approach to be kind of, kind of three beasts, so to speak. Number one is pain relief. So someone who's already in pain, what do we need to do with that shoulder to relieve that pain? Then number two is pain and injury prevention. So we're talking about the health function and integrity of the shoulder. What does that shoulder need to do and what does it need to keep doing to be able to prevent itself from having any sort of pain or injury, uh, et cetera. And then the last third component, uh, I think is what we're talking about here. And that is what I'll say is like a performance component. Um, As far as what can we do to the body behind the bow, right? The machine behind the machine or the machine behind the bow. What can we do there that maximizes the working parts so that it is brought up to its highest potential? And then we can start to put the cherry on top as far as the, you know, the mental side of things, the technique side of things. I really look at um, the, the consistency, this performance side 
that we're talking about as the physical foundation to archery, meaning, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go with it, but simply, um, I actually just got off a call with a, the mother of a young archer who this archer is very good with her technique. She's been shooting a while. She understands the technique side of things, the mental side of things, but she just lacks some of the physical capabilities, meaning stability in the front shoulder, the ability to anchor her shoulders down. She lacks those things. And at that physical foundational level, we can do a lot there to bring bring her physical capability up to everything else, the mental, the technique, et cetera. So um, when it comes to this, this thought of consistency and performance and shooting, it's, it's really foundational as far as the physical approach and, and making sure that the physical capabilities are in line with what uh, the body needs to do to shoot that bow. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it totally makes sense. Um, that, you know, that there has to be a multifaceted approach to it, right? In that, you know, you're looking at both ends of the spectrum as far as, you know, the gear itself, right? And I think um, we always mm-hmm. talk about it, you know, the difference between, you know, the arrow and the Indian, right? And um, yeah. and uh, us- usually uh, it's the latter of the two that, that is uh, to fault, uh, although there are obviously yeah. when you get out in the woods and especially like how, how we hunt, you know, being – uh, up in, you know, altitude and, and the amount of hiking and things like that, that we do, you know, like I had an experience this year where, um, somehow, uh, you know, my rest, uh, there's a, a small tensioner and the rest basically didn't come up and, uh, we, we were shooting, you know, target shooting and, all of a sudden I went, wait, what the heck's going on here? Like, I, there's no way I missed by that far. Um, although, right. although I'm not the best shot in the world, I will gladly admit you that. You practice a lot. I do practice a lot, but <laughs> I was like, I don't think I missed by that far. Cause it was like right. go, going in the ground at like 20 yards away or something like that. So, um, for right. the most, for the most part, usually it is, it is something within us that we're either doing well or doing poorly. And Sure, and, sure. and I think that, as you said, um, I look at things in terms of integrity of, you know, the joint or joints in this case. Right. Um, and there's so many things when you look at, you know, the the front hand, for example. Right. And, you know, the positioning of the hand at, at the front end can be, you know, your downfall before anything else, you know, and then you just work your way back right. to the shoulder. And so right. it, of all of those things, you know, if the stars don't align very well. You know, if you're talking about shooting at 40 and 50, and sometimes for us, you know, it may be 55 or 60. Um, guess what? Your your window of error is so small yeah. because the further that you go out, the more you have to have all of those things in you know in order for the execution of a good shot. And in in most cases, Absolutely. that you know, for for most of us, odds are you're going to get one opportunity. And, you know, right. and it Better comes down it. to, uh, comes down to maximizing that opportunity. And, and if you don't prepare and if you don't do things and that's where, you know, for me as, as a hunter, my kind of aha moment came with all this too, is like, I had been, uh, I've been hunting elk up here in, in big game for almost 20 years. And I'm going, 
wait a minute, all this preparation that I'm doing to prepare for this is to try to make sure that I maximize that one opportunity. And all right. of a sudden I'm like, well, this is what I do for a living. Why am I not like trying to share this information with other people and try to build what I believe, you know, at some point will be the first kind of evidence-based physical training piece that will include the metabolic side. And, and we're taking a lot of parallels from what the military does at high altitude and some stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And utilize that as a way um, to maybe be a little bit better than the guy that goes, eh, let's just go out and truck around for a little while and see how it goes, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. You're putting way sure. too much money and effort and time into, you know, doing these yeah. endeavors to to really, you know, like for me, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not putting all that on the line to not be prepared, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, like you've said right there, there's so many different components that are at play there, whether um, it's your physical conditioning, whether it's your equipment, whether it's, you know, the health of your shoulders to be able to shoot, whatever it might be. And um, exactly like you said, with an endeavor like that, there's such a small margin for error that anywhere you can pick up those 1%, right, and, and make it work in your favor um, is where I'm all in. And this, you know, this is just one piece, obviously. There's there's so many important things that, that go into, you know, are, are ultimately harvesting a bull or, you know, a white tail or whatever it might be. And, um, it's, I think stacking those odds in your favor. Yeah. So, so speak real quick to, you know, obviously the, it seems like the online strength training kind of platform, like a couple of guys have tried it, uh, at least in the hunting communities, um, mm -hmm. speak to some of the challenges that you find, you know, doing this kind of thing and trying to convince, you know, uh, you know, a weekend hunter or somebody like that. Tom like, from hey, Missouri. You know, yeah, like that, <laughs> that, that you are, you know, that, that you're there to provide some value to them and, you know, and, and some of the difficulties in doing distance learning with, you know, with guys in this kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you were, as you were asking that question, there's two, two big things that pop into my mind. The first thing is that as I have developed the training system I use and continue to develop it, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about things of, as far as exercise selection and the effectiveness of exercises and progressions and all these different things. But one of the most important things that I've really tried to consider is the accessibility of the training and, and maybe I should say the ease of the training. How, how can I cut down on as many possible barriers to make it so that this is, is something somebody can get into and they can do it and they can do it well? Yeah. Um, because there can be a lot of barriers, you know, um, I've worked, I've worked, it's funny. You said, uh, right there, you said something like Tom from Missouri or something. And, um, I work with a, I work with a gentleman. Um, he's from North Carolina. Um, he, he's an awesome country dude. And he, he really has never worked out in his life, but, and he's one of the, the hardest workers, most consistent workers that, that I've ever worked with. Um, and, it, it it speaks to his work ethic and me trying to make it so that someone like him or anybody else can get into this training, do it, do it consistently and do it well. So that's one of the big things is accessibility of the training. So, you know, that's everything from the videos that I'll shoot, how I explain things, how I lay things out, the programs I design, um, the way things are put together, how people can follow it, communicate with me, all those different things. So, um, that's a challenge, but uh, a very important one to the accessibility of the training. 
Um, so, so that's the big one. And then the other one is, and I think this plays into a lot of different things, but the other one is just a matter of priority. Um, you know, I, I get messages all the time where, um, I, I try to help people as much as I can and give them the information they need, but I can really tell when someone just will reach out to me and they just want a really quick fix kind of one and done. You know, uh, you know, the American one. It sounds oddly familiar to what we do here, too. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the, you know, it's the instant result generation where it's like, well, I can do yeah. it on my phone. Why can't my body do the same thing? Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think, you know, we're all guilty of it. But when it comes to something like improving an archery or especially relieving pain, um, there's got to be a lot of priority there and, and there's got to be a lot of ownership in the process. So it's, it's very evident when, um, someone comes to me and they're having an issue or need to improve something and they're kind of, you know, on the fence about how, how interested they actually are in doing anything about it. And then I'll get some of the most motivated people that are truthfully, they're more motivated than I am, uh, in certain ways that they come in and they will do absolutely everything that I ask. They will do it you know, to, to the 200%, uh, it's very clear with people like that, that they, they're willing to do the work, they want to get better, and uh, that's what it takes. So I think two of the biggest things is, is making this accessible for people, and then also, um, you know, it's a matter of priority. And, and you can't, it's, it's like the, the saying, um, something along the lines, like, um, you can only help someone if they want to be helped type of deal. You know, right. I can, I can, in another cliche old man saying, you know, something like I can give you the hammer, but I can't force you to hammer the nail type of deal. I can, yeah. I, I have the tools, I have the information and I have all the desire in the world to help, help people. And, uh, and I, and, and I love it when people are ready to jump in and do the work. Yeah. Well, I know like we, we did a podcast recently with uh, Gene Coleman and, you know, he kind of had a snippet of that where he said, you know, you just, you can't microwave success. Right. And, and anybody that's ever picked up a bow knows that it just doesn't work that way. And you see so many people out there now that preach, you know, like, you know, obviously you can look at a guy like Cam Haynes, you know, run, lift, shoot, do it every day, all that kind of thing. And, that's uh, just like anything. It's easier said than done. You know, we're at the, the yeah. start of, uh, of a new year and everybody has these like, you know, high aspirations that they're going to, you know, I'm going to raise the bar on all these things. But, you know, life gets yeah. in the way and kids and family and work and all these other things. And and all of a sudden you realize like, oh, crap, like I haven't touched my bow in like right. two months. Yeah. Like, you know? oh, shoot, seasons yeah. in a month. We yeah. got to shoot. Um, and so. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like anything, you know, you, you don't become good by, you know, just buying a, a more expensive bow. Like it's still, the... but that, that's the easier thing to do. Right. Um, <laughs> bow companies know, love that. Uh, it, it, this just popped into my head and, um, you know, not, I'm certainly not trying to cast judgment on anybody, but it, it does kind of paint this picture. I, I, uh, a couple of years ago was at the total archery challenge, which you guys are probably familiar with oh, yeah. and the listeners are probably familiar with. And, um, and I was just amazed at how how busy the uh, how busy the mountain ops booth was, and and seeing the people that were interested uh, in in some of the supplementation and the different different things that they offer. Um, you know, certainly they have some good products, but you know, it's just like man, it, it's so easy to buy a new bow or buy you know buy uh, a supplement or you know try to modify your arrows. 
Um, you know, meanwhile, there's there's other things that you can do that are going to be more work, but are going to pay off too. Uh, but it's like you said, the, the microwave the microwave fixes and um, the stuff that's real quick to to try to provide some some benefit or try to try to up up their game and um, you know a lot of the a lot of the stuff just doesn't work that way. So I know that you, uh, like I, I looked at your story, I think it might have been as, as recent as yesterday, and you were kind of doing a bunch of Q&A. And within the Q&A, you know, people actually, you know, fired some good questions that, you know, I kind of watched yeah. a bunch of them. And just for people that may be watching, you know, it's kind of talked about integrity, right? And and talk about the, the difference between which maybe is more important in your mind between whether it be a, a stability uh, you know, component or a, a mobility component or whatever that yeah. might be. Um, you know, in, in maybe let's kind of dig into. I kind of said we'd get nerdy. Maybe let's start doing a little bit yeah. Of that here. Yeah, you guys nerd away, dude. Um, yeah. And, and, and yeah. talk a little bit about some of the talk. what what you see, and we'll, we'll just say, you know, someone who's apparently healthy, right? Like they they for sure. the most for the most part, they don't have any shoulder pain. Uh, they pull their bow back, and you know, you like I look on your your web page, right? And you have an assessment, and which I assume obviously would include. Uh, being able to see some of those things and, and trying to identify like, hey, these are these are some things that I think maybe help you um, talk through some of that. Like where where do you start in that process to kind of like start narrowing down some things where you say this is the first line of defense that maybe um, is, is going to be the most impactful? Because I think that's where a lot of us start when we like you mentioned early on solving problems, right? Like there's a problem here. I'm going to try and fix it. And I think in our nature and what we do for a living, like like that's what we do a lot of like i'm going to try and find the things that maybe are going to be the lowest hurdles to clear and we're going to start there right what's what's your process yeah. as you start getting into that yeah so one of the biggest thing one of the biggest things that influences what i want to do with the shoulders and what i want to make sure other archers can do with their shoulders is looking at archery and what it is demanding and requiring right so what i mean by that is um, if we look at archery as a whole and, and what we're doing there as far as shooting repetitively, the challenge in our archery is mostly about handling repetitive load as we draw, shoot, draw, shoot, draw, shoot over and over and over again. Um, particularly in the bow shoulder, as that bow shoulder has to hold solid, it has to... Um, stabilize on a, a micro level, as I call it, down deep in the joint, and then on a macro level throughout the entire shoulder girdle. The draw shoulder has to stabilize in the joint as it's passing through different uh, positions of rotation as you're drawing back, engaging the shoulder blade, squeezing that back to, to make your draw, and then to hold at full draw, back tension, etc. All of these things are, again, handling repetitive load from that bow. So when we look at these demand, look at the demands of archery, that a lot of that is what is influencing the things that we need to see in the shoulders and the things that we need to make sure are, are up to par in the shoulders, making sure the shoulders are equipped to do those things. You had mentioned the, the question um, that I had answered today. Um, I think the question was something like, uh, should I be working on flexibility or strength or flexibility or flexibility and stability. Yeah, something yeah. yeah and, and the and my answer to that was 
or I would say the thing that influenced my answer there is looking at archery, range of motion or, or uh, flexibility is not is not um, I'll say it's not the most common limiting factor or it's not a, a limiting factor um, to, to a very high degree or very often, meaning that rarely does someone have an issue in, that, in just raising their bow shoulder. Um, there is a little bit more flexibility tied in with the draw shoulder as far as needing to draw, but archery itself isn't, isn't an activity that demands a lot of flexibility like going overhead with a barbell would be or like uh, a gymnast would need on rings or bars. There's not a ton of flexibility component there. So we go back to looking at archery and saying, hey, handling that repetitive load and consistently uh, encountering that repetitive load is something we need to be able to handle. So that's really where we go to stability in the shoulder. We go to strength in the shoulder, again, on a micro level down deep in the joint, and then throughout a, a more macro level or a bigger level throughout the entire shoulder girdle. Now, that's not to say that you know it's all one and, and none of the other. There is certainly a little bit of both, but we're mostly focused on that stability, strength side of things. So when I'm assessing the shoulder, I still like to look at all of those different components. What is the range of motion? Is there any restriction there? Is there any lack of um, passive range of motion, active range of motion? What do those look like? How do they compare to one another? Um, then we go to stability. How does this person how is this person able to get in, into position? Can they find position? Can they hold position? Can they execute uh, movement patterns with their shoulder blades? Are there positions or movements that are painful? Why are they painful? Uh, there's a lot of different questions there, but going back to the, the start is people uh, will often ask, you know, what are some good stretches I, sh I can do or what should I do for stretching? And I will often try to steer people away from that mindset because again, archery, does not require an excessive amount of flexibility. Some in the draw shoulder, certainly, but by and large, I'm more concerned about the stability in that shoulder blade, the strength of the musculature holding and moving that shoulder blade, the rotator cuff, stabilizing that joint, and then farther on out from the shoulders. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, I always am really kind of analyzing as I'm drawing and pulling and, and, you know, mm -hmm. focusing on that, that, you know, stabilization in that front shoulder. And, and what do you see as some, you know, like I, for me personally, I know that I have to be very cognizant of, you know, keeping that front shoulder stable and not allowing mm -hmm. it to collapse. Right. Sure, um, and, sure. And, and I think that, you know, even, even regardless of anything, like, I mean, I would say that I don't lack enough strength. It's more of a cognitive piece in terms of sure. being able to, to maintain that. Right. And I think then that starts to peak, speak to the other side of the fence, which is, I'm sure you have plenty of people that, you know, you assess or whatever. And you say like, well, from a very external, you know, kind of topical standpoint, uh, you shouldn't have any problem being able to do that. What are some of the things that maybe you do in terms of cueing or whatever? Um, because I think that that's a big thing we talk about in terms of coaching, right? Which is sure. utilization of, you know, whether it's internal or external cueing and those types of things mm -hmm. in order to try and give people feedback to be more consistent in positioning. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And that is a huge component. Um, you know, I, I will, for simplicity, I'll label that as like a control component, right? Being able to control the shoulders, 
and manipulate the movement and the position of the shoulder. So um, <clears throat> that's a great question and example because if we take somebody that, like you said, maybe they are apparently healthy, they're fairly strong, they're fairly flexible and mobile uh, in the shoulder and in the upper body. There's no outward um, limitations there or, or compensations there. There's not really any dysfunction that I see on an outward level. You can take someone like that that has a, a good canvas, so to speak. Like I said, pretty good strength, pretty good mobility, but they may have, number one, a lack of awareness on how to move and position their bodies, and then a lack of control in how to move their bodies and position their bodies. Because ju just because somebody is has a good level of strength and a good level of flexibility doesn't necessarily know that they really know how to use those components. Those are like the the tools, so to speak, or again, I'll call it like a, a canvas, right? You've got a nice clean canvas to work with, but okay, what are we going to do with it? And how are we going to use it? So um, that's where it really comes down to, again, awareness of position and then control of the shoulders. So there is a lot of drilling there that has to happen through uh, particularly what I will use as, as far as corrective exercises and giving them different experiences with their shoulders and with their upper body that allows them to practice positions, practice movement patterns, develop awareness for, hey, where are my shoulders at? Where are my shoulders going? How are they moving? How are they positioned? And then control of the shoulders, giving them experiences and opportunities to move and control their shoulders. So it, I'm saying, hey, I want to stabilize that bow shoulder and I've got I've got my, my hand out on that bow and that full draw. How can I keep bow up in elevation but how can i separate my shoulder down from that elevated arm something as simple as that separating what the hand is doing from what the shoulder is doing is is a lot of times a matter of, of that awareness and that control so what what experiences and opportunities again outside of shooting can we have to develop that awareness and control so the archer can best use their shoulders best use their body find those positions execute those movements Etc. Um, you know the in, the the cueing, the internal and external cueing, um, like you were just talking about, is a big component of that. Not only in corrective exercises when someone's doing scap work to practice uh, their control and position of the shoulder blades. What are they thinking about? What am I telling them to get get them into the right position and ultimately achieve the goal uh, that we're trying to achieve for that individual? So um, I would say majority of the time. I, I really like external cues. I find that um, people will, will relate and respond to ex external cues better. Yeah. For those that yeah. don't know uh, what that necessarily refers to, refers to uh, and if, if we're talking about shoulder blades, internal cue would be something like, um, uh, like engage the muscles on the inside of your shoulder blade or contract the muscles on the inside of your shoulder blade uh, or, or get your shoulder blade to, to crash into your spine where an external cue might be something like um, a pinch of pencil between the shoulder blades. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, thanks for kind of elaborating on that because I think a lot of people that, that maybe watch and don't necessarily understand that world. And, and the interesting part about that is, is like from, from a training perspective, we know, um, you know, a friend of mine, like Nick Winkleman, who's basically, you know, done so much work in this neighborhood that talks about the effectiveness of how those things from a coaching and training side of the world um, really affect positive, more, you know, e either more impactful outcomes. And it's no different when we start talking about it in, in this context, which is 
Uh, everybody, when they go through their shop process, probably has one or two or three things that they go through or a checklist of things in their head yeah. that they try to utilize to tell themselves in order to try and develop that consistency, right? And so sure. the utilization sure. of some of those things are very helpful. And I know for me, um, I, I try to work through a process that has some similarity to that. And the awareness factor is big, like you said, because if you take, you know, like your guy from North Carolina, like he's never trained. He's admittedly telling you that, but he, he's putting some some emphasis and some some intent behind what he wants to do. Those are things where you have to figure out, like, what are the things that you say? Because you're not in the room with the guy. You can't right. just be like, hey, no. do this. I'm going to just yeah. show you this. You have to find a way to communicate effectively enough for them to yeah. understand how you want them to be able to execute and come up with a meaningful impact in their shooting ability or their shooting consistency or their positioning or whatever that might be. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, that that's huge. And, and it kind of speaks to Jason's question, which is those are the challenges where you're sitting in your position from a computer or whatever and you're either reviewing video or, or, or on the phone with somebody and trying to get a point across yeah. of how you're going to you be feel a beneficial I'm right now from a thousand <laughs> yeah. miles away right yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah you know I I'm very honest with people that um, doing this remotely is is a blessing in in the sense that I can work with people from uh, you know, Scotland, India, Australia. I have clients from those places now. And I can reach people and help people that I otherwise wouldn't be able to. But I'm very honest that uh, I just about every single time would rather have somebody right in front of me, hands-on, than I'm working with them right there and, and to be able to cue them and manip manipulate them actually with my hands on them. Um, that That is the, the ultimate and best way. But – we're trying to achieve best of both worlds, right? Work with work with people who need the help and want the help while trying to cut down as many barriers as possible. Barriers to how can I get this person to move correctly? How can I get this person to understand this concept or this principle? Um, and there's a lot of lot of troubleshooting there uh, for sure. But uh, it's just the, the, the process and the challenge that um, is something that I try to tackle often in, in every day, really. Yeah. So I've I've got a question for you. Nerding out, you guys are gonna do right there. No, I've got a question for you. So, you know, obviously, I I am uh, I am not a, an archer. I don't. The last time that I shot a bow was here, Scotty. Get huh? out of here! You're not even an archer. No, I, I the last time I shot a bow was probably in like Cub Scouts. Yeah, but you shot a lot of guns. So yeah, but. You know, there's there's not a huge market, or there's not a, a ton of professionals l looking at uh, this this sport or this endeavor endeavor compared to you know uh, speed and agility uh, training for football or speed and agility training for soccer and stuff. So, what are some of the resources that you look to? Uh, when you compiled your programs together, uh, your exercise selection, you know, because for me personally, I love diving into uh, all the different journals and reading, yeah. you know, the EMG scores for different exercises sure. on different muscles. Like what what uh, what was your process for creating your program? Yeah, good question. Um, I I do myself really like different things like the research articles. I've actually, tomorrow I'm going to be posting a cool one that was talking about some shoulder blade musculature 
Um, so I like things like research articles. I like uh, some of the movements related and strength and conditioning type textbooks. Um, of course, relying on a lot of uh, my knowledge from studying in school, uh, as far as especially, or I should say, especially anatomy. Um, those those things tie in a lot. But the main the main source and the main um, thing that's influenced and, and informed a lot of the stuff that I use is the day in day out practical application that I got uh, for. Uh, the handful of years I worked at that sports injury center and sports performance center that I was talking to you about seeing how the, how, how the act, actual individual um, was able to work with that exercise, respond to this exercise. Um, they did well with this one, didn't do well with that one. That practical knowledge uh, makes up the vast majority of what I like to use. Um, I think that, uh, of course, the research-based research, research um, work is, is very important. Um, I, again, I like to go back to the anatomy a lot and some of the textbooks a lot. But there are so many things that I've been able to gather from actually watching that shoulder, trying to control that shoulder, testing and trying out uh, the different exercises with the shoulder and seeing how people are able to work with them either successfully or unsuccessfully. Um, that was just totally invaluable. Um, that, that certainly has been the most important component. And then continuing to move forward, seeing how people respond and how they do with the different, um, different progressions, the different exercises, the different training plans that I'll put together, getting feedback from that and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Uh, like most things, there's absolutely some trial and error that goes on and found a lot of things that don't work and, and some things that or a lot of things yeah, that don't work in some things that do work and taking the good, modifying the thing, the, the bad things, the things that don't work. And then uh, just always trying to learn, always trying to progress, always trying to refine and, and kind of whittle down what's going to be best and what's going to be most effective for, for the individuals I'm working with. But um, I'm, I'm definitely a huge believer in the hands-on uh, practical experience, just Again, every day seeing how, how that individual or different individuals would respond to exercises uh, was huge. Do you pull a lot of information from uh, the folks working at the USOC and like the archery team there? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no, I do not. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Do you, have a, do, you guys, do you have a home base? Obviously, you know, obviously where you live, but do you have like a home gym where people, if they want to come into town and train with you maybe for like a month? <laughs> Um, they can do that and then go home and do, you know, do their online programming or are you strictly just an online base? Yeah, no, I uh, do have people that I will meet in person or have met in person. I actually just moved in August. So um, I'm in a new area now. When I was, when I was in my original area, um, I had a bow shop and a gym that I would work out of and I would meet some archers there and work with some archers. Uh, either at the bow shop or the gym, but like I said, I've moved uh, a couple of months ago, so I'm I'm in a new area, and I have linked up with a bow shop there, and I hope to, to link up with a gym and and maybe a couple other bow shops in the area. Um, but it is vast majority has been online. Yeah, so yeah. if if I were to to uh, you know throw one at you, which is you know what do you think is the most common 
um, whether inefficiency or problem uh, that maybe is you know you you see more than anything else in terms of you know not from a you know a technical standpoint of someone's you know positioning or whatever but more so like what do you think is probably the most common thing that you see from a whether it's a strength perspective or whatever where you go this is you know old hat this is this is my first go-to and where most people are you know the most inept yeah, I'd have to pick three things if that's all right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't say I can narrow it down to one. The first one would be that there is a big push in art, um, in ideal textbook form, uh, meaning that. Uh, there's kind of a, uh, this is what everybody needs to look like. This is the ideal. This yeah. is the one size fits all form. And, and you guys would know better uh, than just about anybody that we see variations in movement patterns and positions across all sports. Um, the, so um, I guess the first, the first one I'm kind of going to here is that people, I see so many people trying to force themselves into positions or movement patterns that don't work for them. Yeah. Um, where they just, they want to look this way, they want to move or draw this way or whatever, or, or whatever it might be in that position or movement pattern just doesn't work for them. The, the example I always give is I've coached um, a handful of Olympic weightlifting seminars and, and coached in different gyms and strength and conditioning clinics. And my example is always, if I line 10 people up at the squat rack, every single one of them is going to look similar on a general level, like, right, we're going to see bend or flexion at the knee. We're going to see some flexion. We're going to see a little Obviously, a little bit of torso if we're looking at the back squat, et cetera. But you're going to see a little bit more foot flare in one person than another. You're going to see some one person uh, a little bit narrower and the next person beside them a little bit wider. Um, you're going to see someone with a little bit more of an inclined torso because they have a lack of of ankle mobility uh, versus someone who can be more upright because they do have more ankle mobility, et cetera. So just in that example where we, where we see the same general, it's a squat, right? But we see variations in the, the movement patterns in the position based on that individual structure and based on that individual function. Same thing in archery where we see kind of the same general uh, style of shooting a bow, right? I, I put my bow, bow arm and bow shoulder out. Um, I then draw with my other arm, but there is going to be a little bit of variation from individual to individual. So I see a lot of people trying to force uh, movement patterns and positions that don't work for them. That would be the first one. The second one is essentially a, a lack of tolerance, uh, particularly in, in tendons and, and muscles, we'll just say. Um, whereas, like we said, archery is largely about handling repetitive load. And we know that um, it varies person to person how much load and stress the individual can handle within their tendons and within their muscular system. And just simply don't have the tolerance in their tendons to handle the amount of repetitive load that they're undergoing. Um, especially for, for those individuals that uh, they may only shoot and that's the only thing they do. 
some people will be okay be okay in that position, but some people, if they're shooting and they're not bringing uh, tendon, the muscular system, and everything else up to par, they start to develop an irritation once they pass that threshold at, at which they can handle. Um, so that tendon tolerance and, and muscular tolerance is a big one as well. And then the final one, the third one, is essentially just a what I call like a general generalized or general lack of stability within the shoulder joints. Um, it's not necessarily anything that's super specific or super pinpoint. It's just in general, that rotator cuff and that joint complex just isn't stable because it hasn't been trained to be stable. That individual might be hypermobile. They might have too much flexibility, whatever the reason may be that joints on, on that deeper level just is not stable enough to handle the positions and the movements um, that archery is asking for, especially uh, on a repetitive basis. So it's a, a generalized lack of, of stability. Yeah. I, I think yeah. those are the things that I, I look at. And as I analyze, you know, like Jason and I, I mean, we shoot together a lot, uh, you know, in preparation for every season. And um, we hunt together, obviously, and we watch each other and we'll video each other shooting and, and doing, you know, a lot of things. And, and it's, it's second nature, you know, you'll watch other guys shoot and you watch how, you know, how they position them, position themselves and things like that. And I think that yeah. the thing that happens is just like with anything else, you know, like in, in Jason's world with baseball, you know, if, if someone throws a strike, it doesn't mean that now that they're going to throw a hundred strikes in a row, there, there is so right. much, you know, day to day variance, right. Um, whether it's focus level, whether it's, you know, just not being fresh, you know, I think a lot of times, um, I think we, him and I, you know, between the two of us, I think we do a pretty decent job of like recognizing at times where, you know, you're just not always going to have the best day and you're not always going to be, right. you know, just just throwing darts, uh, you know, and, and hitting 12 rings sure. and stuff like that. And there's a lot of days sure. where I just know like that, you know, I, I, I either don't have the focus level um, and, you know, shooting 20 more arrows at, at that point isn't going to improve my uh, my outcomes in that day and fix anything at that point. Right. And so I think a lot of times sure. I see I see people that. You know, they're just bound and determined, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, sh you know, shoot five more. I'm going to, you know, keep forcing it or whatever. And it's like, uh, I think a lot of times the best way forward is to sometimes take a step back and say, uh, maybe I need some more rest. You know, maybe I shot 30 arrows today and, and that that's my threshold, right? Like you think about, as you mentioned, sure. um, and, I, and I like that you use that word, which is tolerance, right? And, 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 and the ability, I talk about it in sport all the time, where one of the biggest limiting factors in a lot of people and where injuries come up is a lack of tissue tolerance and not building up tissue tolerance in anything, regardless of what that activity is. Obviously we're talking about archery. Guess what? There's going to be a point where you're, it's going to be a limiting return on what you're putting into it. If you don't have that tolerance. And I, and I always use a quote sure. where I say the difference between having a, a blister and having a callus, right? And the callus is basically the the buildup of tolerance, right? You are yeah, building a, a, tol a tolerance to an activity or a specific thing that you're doing. Whereas guess what? The person who goes out and says, I'm going to shoot 50 arrows a day, no matter what is going to end up with a blister because they're going to overuse. Their outcome is going to go downhill fast. Their frustration level goes up. And now all of a sudden, you know, they go from shooting 50 to like, I'm going to take a week off. 
right? And, yeah. And, and, well, I think, yeah. I mean, you've got you've got some factors of mental fatigue that mix in there too, oh, right? Sure. Not just the physical side of it. I know I've mm-hmm. you know, especially when I start shooting early in the season, you know, my front shoulder gets tired of holding the dang bow steady all the time, uh, and I, you know, maybe I get thirty arrows, but then you know, if I try and push past that threshold, then mentally I'm struggling. Yeah. You know, and I'm starting to get frustrated with things, and it, it all builds up. So it's yeah. not just a, you know, a singular, you know, fatigue level, too. There's there's the physical and the mental side that goes along with it. Yeah. I yeah. Think, I think that's why people love archery, you know, at the same time is it is such a component of all of those things, right? Like, um, yeah. it, it requires you to have so many of your ducks in a row in order to execute and execute well and then execute consistently and then even you know for us like i think about uh as we start to approach a season like shooting under fatigue we do inoculation based training where we try to work our way up to shooting under better you know higher heart rates and and you know do drill work and stuff like that we're fortunate in our facility that we have a range right outside and we can go out and shoot out we have a we can shoot out to 60 yards right outside our door and we train ourselves and and other people that that uh, come and work out with us and things like that where we'll put them through physical rigor in the weight room and go out and say all right we're going to shoot two arrows right now. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and we'll, we'll change scenarios and things like that and utilization of different, um, you know, kind of formats in order to try and gradually build up that tolerance and gradually build up their ability to shoot, which will, you know, ultimately be under the most stressful situation that they can. And that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Like a lot of times you're like, Oh, I'm fresh. We're just going to go out and fire some downrange. And the next thing you know, it's like, guess what? That deer pops out, that bull pops out or whatever. And that heart rate response, that fight or flight response goes up like crazy. And now all of a sudden, like you're, you're just hoping to hit the target. Like uh, that is such a trained response as well. And I think a lot of people overlook that. We're like, oh man, I shot like 500 arrows, 600 arrows, a thousand arrows going into the season. And then, man, I just, you know, didn't, didn't execute a good shot. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, did you shoot under any any kind know, of duress duress stress yeah. anything right. and um do you do you uh, advocate for things like that in, in what you do as well i i um not so much i will a little bit um most of all because i i try to stay focused in we'll say in my lane sure. um you know i i am not a western hunter um and I know that there are other people who have more experience in in that and have um, are going to have more information and, and better application for it. So I don't do a lot with it. I think that there there are other people that can address that um, as well as or better than I can. So I really try to stay focused on on what I know really well and what I'm really confident in, and that's that's corrective exercise, fixing shoulders, yeah. fixing shoulder position. And in uh, preparing the archer physically. Well, that's a breath of fresh air right there. I mean, who who stays in their lane these days? Everybody's an expert yeah. at everything, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I I I, I think that's important uh, personally. You know, I it it you know, I'm sure for you guys too. It, it frustrates me when, um, like, just like I said there, I I think that you guys you guys and others are uh, more equipped and and um, and uh, more. Uh, prepared to, to teach and train and offer that than I am. And I, and I'm, I'm totally happy with that. Uh, and just like I am confident in, in being able to uh, fix a shoulder, improve a shoulder for the archer, but I get really frustrated when 
you know, I see people, um, you know, diving into things that I know uh, aren't aren't up to par with what the people are going to need that they're they're working with or what they're offering. So I, I think that's important. And I think uh, the thing that I notice, and as I look at what kind of exists right now, right, where I believe there is a very viable and growing need and awareness factor that's going on within the hunting community that has started to recognize that, hey, uh, th- this is this can be very demanding. This is a very physical, you know, endeavor. Sure, you got your guys that go and, you know, they're, they're going to climb up in a tree stand. They're going to sit there. They're going to walk back out to their truck and whatever, and that's fine. You know, I, I love all styles of hunting, and I don't – I mean, like – we waterfowl hunt. Jason and I kind of were talking about some things. We've got you know some meetings tomorrow with with uh, with a group, and so we're we're diving into some of these things. But you know, mm-hmm. I think that 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 aspect of it and what you're seeing is there are a handful of select uh, you know entities that are starting to you know work their way into this field as well. And and as a professional, and and you know, this strength conditioning piece for me is something I've done for 20 years. Um, and and much like yourself, you know, bachelor's and master's degree in exercise science. And it's, it's kind of, maybe I'm an idiot, but it took me this long to realize that there's, there's a need that exists here for people. Um, much like you, you identified as well. And I go, um, it's, it's hard at times. And, and I'm the person that I don't, I'm not a big, feather ruffler or whatever, where I'm going to go out and like call people out and other things like that. Or I try not to, um, because I advocate for people to, to want to do these things. Right. And I want them to, to have better experiences. And I think about, you know, the guy that comes from Wisconsin or the guy that comes from, you know, like I mentioned Tom from Missouri and I'm like, man, I can't imagine driving 1200 miles to come up to, you know, where where we live and and get your butt kicked, like you said, and Mm. not have the proper, um, you know, ammunition and ammunition in this case sure. being, you know, what guys like us can help these folks with um, in, in order to try and improve their experience. Because guess what? The, the amount that you invest and in the time and the money um, is astronomical. You know, this is, this yeah. is not a, a cheap. And it's an easily overlooked item too. Yes. Right? I can have question. all the yeah. best equipment. I got the best clothes. I got the best bow. Yeah. yeah. I got the best guide and the best horse, but I'm not in the best shape. Yeah. And, sure. You know, ten thousand sure. foot hunts are no joke. Yeah, we—that's we, the thing yeah. we've talked about with guides uh, and outfitters around—is you know how much they emphasize that aspect uh, of clients, right? Like, hey, yeah. if you—and we've had outfitters tell us directly the quality of the trophy that you're going to get. You know, whether that's a you know a mule deer hunt, uh, you know, on you know a lower lower altitude or, or whatever, it doesn't even necessarily matter. They'll all tell you. We emphasize how important it is that you come physically prepared because the trophy that you will harvest will have a direct correlator to that preparation. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And so I think that absolutely. speaks volumes for uh, for what you're doing. I think it speaks volumes for hopefully what, what we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think maybe we didn't nerd out as much. I think Jason's a little disappointed in us in that. But um, at the same time, I think that, it, you know, I think we touched on quite no, a I bit. think, I mean, but it's good to be, you know, to, to talk to, you know, a guy like yourself who's very like-minded in, you know, obviously preparing physically for mm-hmm. a hunt, not just, sure. you know, with equipment and training and, and, and shooting and things like that. And I think it's, you know, and it's just like in, in our regular jobs that we have here, it's like trying to convince people of the value 
of what the services that you're providing and that the fee, the, the results are not going to be immediate. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, uh. this week, next week is not going to be when I'm going to see it. It's when I get to pull back on the animal of a lifetime and I don't have pain or I'm able to draw 10 pounds more. I can make a shot that's 10 yards further, whatever it might be. That's what it all pays off. So it's, you know, right. it, there is some delayed gratis, gratis, uh, what do you call it? Satisfaction there or gratification. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, um, you know, the, with a lack of a better way to put it, but it, it can be a tough sell. Um, that's one of the unique things about, about fitness is it's one of the only things in hunting that can help you that can't be bought necessarily. Um, <laughs> if that makes sense. Right. You can't I mean, just go on the shelf and pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, truthfully, uh, it's one of the only things that, that I think can, can lift your hunt up and improve your hunt and, and improve your odds. Uh, that that truly has to be worked for. Now, you know, of course, every, everybody works hard for their paycheck and works hard to make a living. But um, in regards to something I can buy, like a like an upgrade on the the rest on my bow, versus um, developing stamina stamina in my legs, right? Um, there's, there's one there that is going to take more time and, and actual effort and work uh, versus the other. So it's it is a tough sell, but it's I think also a, a very rewarding part of just being the best well-rounded hunter that you can be. Uh, it's, it's part of the process. I was just telling a friend the other day that, um, you know, I, I love hunting, hunting itself. Uh, like tonight I was in a tree stand. I love that part. But what I, what I love just as much is preparing for getting to that point. What am I going to do for shooting? What am I going to do for, for, uh, you know, prepping, scouting, um, you know, training, all those different things. It's, it's a, a way to make the whole hunting experience a little more wholesome for yeah. me at least. I think for us, you know, as what, what I found is that the more that we have really started to invest in this and the more that we've kind of, you know, dove, dove head first is I used to think of, you know, going hunting and things like that. I was like, oh, well, it, it's fall. Here we go. Yay, we get to go hunting. And now we've expanded it so much in terms of how we approach it, which is the training and preparation, which is the shooting, yeah. which is the scouting. Well, that, is, we, we, don't, we don't have the luxury either of like just going out year round and hunting anywhere. Like we have a very small window of opportunity and we want to try right. and take advantage of that opportunity. So, you know, it's not like you know, we have our regular jobs too, but we also live in the city. So it's not like it's that easy for me to go find a, a you know, some ducks or, or go on a deer hunt sure. or something like that. So yeah. right. we, we right. have to make it, take advantage of those opportunities when we get them. And we, we feel like we need to be as prepared as possible. Yeah. 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 Make them count. Right. Simply put. <laughs> right. Make it count. So, so. Well, um, we want to make sure that people know how to uh, get a hold of you. As we mentioned at the, the top of the show here, um, Christian's pretty easy to find. If you go to archerystrong.com, um, he has a host of things on there, uh, all the different offerings and, and programs and things like that that you have available, as well as contact information. Um, mm -hmm. We encourage you to, to reach out. Obviously, if you look on any of the social media outlets, Instagram and, and uh, Facebook and things like that, that uh, again just you know type in archery strong you're going to find him there the content that you're putting out is awesome if you you know if you just scroll through and, and look at 
um, all of the things that you're providing and putting out there right now. And if you're someone who's ever picked up a bow and have, you know, felt like throwing it in the lake a time or two, um, I, I promise you, you that join there's my golf clubs. Yeah. And join, join Jason's golf clubs. Uh, you, there's value there. And, and I, I encourage you to, to not only, uh, follow along, but, uh, you know, reach out because I think that, uh, you're, you're bringing a lot to, uh, the archery world that uh, people can take advantage of. And as you said, you know, I, as much as I know about, you know, shoulder anatomy and things like that, you know, I love the fact that you, you kind of like, you know, just pinpoint focused on this, this is what I'm going to, to really dive into and, and bring to people as something that could be very beneficial. And I think that those that are probably utilizing your services are seeing that. And, and I'm sure that uh, the testimonials behind that will follow. So we really appreciate you joining us today. It's, it's good to finally, you know, make this thing happen. Um, obviously, good luck as you're, you're hunting. Uh, and uh, we hope that uh, maybe there'll be uh, some follow up with that. And, and uh, you know, good luck. How many days do you get to hunt? As far as uh, now, as far as the yeah. next couple of days, yeah, yeah I'm, I have it tonight and most likely the next two nights. So it's the, the end of our whitetail season here and I was able to make a, a trip home, uh, like I said, to my dad's, dad's little farm here back home in western Pennsylvania. So it's a, night, a good, good uh, night to be out in a tree stand. It was nice to end the night by connecting with you guys and talking with you guys. Thank you for the, the kind words and the opportunity to have good conversation thank you for anybody listening and uh like you guys said i'm more than happy to talk to anybody that just has questions or wants to know more wants to know more about the process what the goal is what the focus is so feel free to reach out uh, via any social media or the web the web page at archery-strong.com and uh been a been a good conversation guys thank you i appreciate it we appreciate it thanks so much for joining us today uh we'll look forward to seeing you next time and make sure that you guys go out and uh, check out christian archery strong uh as we will look forward to seeing you next time awesome thank you guys okay and we're out i'm gonna uh keep our engineer had to leave so he's uh yeah, we gotta we gotta hit stop on the, <laughs> on the computer. So yeah, he's he's uh, we're still. So where whereabouts in Western PA area? Um, where I'm at right now, back home uh, at my dad's house is uh, Mars Butler area. It's about 45 minutes north of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. And so I, I I played baseball I up in uh, in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, for okay. uh, for a season. I know that's that's Eastern PA, not not quite Western PA, but yeah, I just I just moved uh, farther east, uh, I guess to the to Central Pennsylvania, um, like the Clearfield, Dubois area. Kind of kind of Central PA. Nice. So yeah. Well, you got plenty yeah. of whitetail out there, then I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of whitetails, a lot of whitetail deer here. That's for sure. Yeah. So very cool. Well, if you ever get out to Colorado, um, are you coming out to tack out here? No, no, I'm not. Not this year. Recently, uh, like I said, bought a house up there, got married and, and trying to get this business rolling. So it's, it's pretty much full steam ahead. Not nothing exciting planned for, for hunts or anything, but, uh, I'll get, get to enjoy Pennsylvania some this year. That's for sure. Yeah. The married part puts a damper and things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit as far as the freedom, but, but she's, 
she's a good gal, so it's it's turning out okay well, so far. Then you just got to get her out in the field. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. <laughs> true. So, what uh, now? They ha they have a tack out close to you, right? Isn't there one in? Yeah, there's one at. Uh, it's called Seven Springs, PA. It's a, a ski resort, um, kind of southwest Pennsylvania. Um, and I've been out to that one a couple of times um, and have enjoyed that. I always enjoy shooting that with buddies. Um, you know, last year it got canceled here. Um, oh. So uh, so we'll see see what happens for this year. Yeah, we went to they, – they finally got one in Colorado. We were originally going to go to the Terry Peak one because uh, it was the closest to us. and So we were going to go up to uh, South Dakota, and then they announced that they finally put one in Colorado at Sunlight Mountain. And, you know, for us it's it's been one of those things where I, I kept asking, like, hey, when are you guys, along with – you've got probably hundreds of people, when are you guys going to put one of these in Colorado? And yeah. the, the main reason was that, you know, all the big resorts here are like, yeah, we don't need that. You know, I mean, they're, they're such huh. massive entities, you know, as far yeah. as the ski resorts and stuff here, they're like, yeah. ah, that's a freaking drop in the bucket for us. We you know, yeah, and, that and makes so, sense. so they couldn't, they couldn't get any of the, the resorts to really want to play ball with them. And then they finally huh. kind of went down uh, a little bit, you know, like sunlight is a much smaller uh, venue. And there's a few, there, obviously there's a handful of smaller venues as far as ski resorts go here. Uh, and they finally got one of them to play ball. And then I know, what's that other one, the Mountain cool. Archery Fest? Yeah, I've seen that. I've heard they, of that. I think they did one in Purgatory out here last year, too. So there was actually another yeah. one. Um, but I've never talked to anybody that's gone to one of those. They look like they're pretty similar. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Was, that, that, last year was our first experience with it, and it was it Yeah, was it was a blast. Awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Kicked the yeah, crap out of us, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a fun, fun way to shoot with guys and shoot with friends. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's an so. easy way to lose some arrows too. That's, yeah, yeah the, the arrow vendors love it. I'm oh sure. my gosh! Like, like we were talking about that too. It's just like we looked at. I mean, like there was one shot that was like 83 yards downhill, and then a deer that was tucked in beside it, in behind an aspen, and literally oh, his, man. his his vitals, his vitals were butted next. That was the elk. That that was the elk one. Um, that was the one I hit the tree, and you you hit the the elk. I yeah. hit the tree. Yeah, we were only about six inches apart. And and literally, we go down there, and there was probably that 40, tree. 30, 40 arrows in that tree. That poor tree. You know, and I'm like, what that almost cut the tree in half. Yeah, you know? I'm gonna bring an arrow puller with me next time. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, worth it's a worthwhile investment. <laughs> so we just wonder. Uh, we were thinking about that. That we're like, what the heck do they do when this is over? You can't imagine that the resort wants all those arrows just you know <laughs> littered yeah, through trees out there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. It's kind of interesting, but anyway, yeah, that's yeah, that's a little cool. bit of a, a digress. We'll have so. to ask somebody there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, well, I, I really appreciate your time, man. It's, it's good to, to catch up with you. And, um, you know, obviously if there's anything that, uh, you know, ever kind of crosses our paths or, or, you know, puts us in the, in the same conversation, you know, we are always open to, to talk or help or do anything that might come along. And I was going to mention to you too, I don't know if you've ever looked at our YouTube page, but there's a little bit of irony. And now I kind of feel bad because, uh, it was over a year ago, probably a year and a half ago or so, 
we put together uh, a little bit of a shoulder series and I just, by complete circumstance, I'm like, ah, oh, we'll just call this the archery strong series. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, then shortly after that, I see, you know, you, you kind of, uh, I found you or whatever on Instagram and I'm like, later yeah, going back and ed- editing things. I'm like, oh shit, I hope he doesn't get mad if I like thinks I stole that or something. So yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate the thought. Um, no, I, I haven't seen that. I, I don't poke around too much, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 all good. No worries. Okay. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll probably uh, maybe change that up. But anyhow, um, well we'll we'll let you go. Uh, good luck in the rest of the hunt. And uh, like I said, if we, if we can ever uh, cross paths, or if you ever happen to be in our neighborhood, or vice versa, you know our doors are always open. And uh, love to have you come out sometime if you ever if you ever thinking about it. We're happy to have you. So. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate the conversation. It's nice uh, talking with you guys finally and meeting you guys. So um, certainly in the future, if, if there's any uh, opportunities or anything that comes up, I'll be excited to reconnect with you guys. But for now, thank you for the conversation. That's great. Um, you know, any any opportunity to get some more information out there and reach more people is, is a win for me. So. Well, I know one of the things that is definitely kind of on our radar, we actually, uh, we're about a year ago now, was we we uh, had planned to hold a, a live event, and we were going to go through and do, um, we had, uh, like, Jason Phelps was going to come out, we had uh, Kenton Claremont from Train to Hunt was, uh, was coming out, and we had a whole host of everything, like, in terms of we were going to do, you know, the training, backcountry tactics, yeah. shooting, and all that, and so that's one of the things that I really want to develop, and, you know, if we can actually get to where we can build that, and the problem was is that we were in, in the process of moving from one facility to the other, and the timing yeah. of it just didn't happen, and we actually had already been taking registration in the whole nine yards. Um, is I kind of want to resurrect that hopefully with the assumption that we're all going to have, you know, the ability to, you know, see people yeah. in, in, in the flesh, you know, soon. And, and yeah. one day doors. it'll happen again. Right. Um, yeah. But if yeah. we do, I would definitely love to engage you as being, you know, part of something like that where you come out and kind of, you know, talk about that aspect of it yeah. and, and all the components. And we kind of want to put it into, you know, it would be like a weekend event type deal and um, yeah. get as many avenues of it as possible. So just kind of like, throw definitely. that one over the bow towards you is, uh, you know, you definitely be on that list when we do it. So yeah, definitely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So. Oh, sure. Cool, That's man. Awesome. Well, have a good right. night and, uh, we'll keep in touch for sure. Awesome guys. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. All right. no worries. Take care. Take care. See ya. All right. See you guys. Uh, check this out. What's that? That's from all the sales. From Stripe in the last day. Oh, that's that is glorious. I mean, there's got to be 20 orders that came through yesterday. Thanks again for joining us on today's Hunt Hike Harvest podcast. We appreciate you tuning in, and we look forward to having you visit us again in future episodes. In the meantime, follow us on all of our social media outlets on Instagram. Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe and like our YouTube page at Hunt Hike Harvest Outdoors or H3 Outdoors. Have an interesting topic, someone you'd like to see on our podcast, or a current trend that you see in the field that you'd like to see us cover? Email us at hunthikeharvest at gmail.com and maybe your questions will be answered in a future episode. Until next time, thanks again for joining us. We wish you all the best in your outdoor adventures and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Happy hunting.